from the second reading. For they themselves openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to await his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the coming wrath. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. When I was a little boy, uh, today, Sunday, the last Sunday in October, would be the Feast of Christ the King. Everybody loved it being the last Sunday in October. That's why uh, in 1970 they moved it to the last Sunday of November, where nobody wants it. But anyway, um, the Feast of Christ the King, Jesus is King of the Universe. Um, and uh, we are starting to hear readings about the coming wrath, when he will come in power uh, to judge the living and the dead. Um, the, um, the Gospel today um, someone asked Jesus a question to test him. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answers um, with an impossible answer. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is impossible. So God is asking me to do something impossible. Um, um, if somebody asked you to flap your, flap your arms and fly um, to, to Austin, um, you couldn't do it. I don't care how long you flapped your arms, you wouldn't get to Austin and you'd look silly. Um, it might be a, a good upper body workout, but after a while you look silly, right? God does not ask us to do that which is impossible. So how is it possible? Only by God's grace is that possible. To... Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, in 2,000 years, we've never seen a single case where somebody lived these two commandments. Never, never. Well, wait a minute. Um, there were a few cases. Uh, in fact, last, uh, last week we had the, the feast for the first time of St. John Paul II. Um, he canonized, he declared saints more men, women, children than all the other popes combined. So the saints are examples of just this. Our Lady is Queen of all saints. And next Saturday is all saints. Um, we should be thinking that um, about the saints at this time. Uh, the saints have as their King Christ. And Our Lady is Queen of all saints. Not because... Um, she appointed herself, who, who crowned her Queen of Heaven. Um, Our Lady is in Heaven. The saints are in Heaven. They are not dead. Nothing dead can be in Heaven. You're not going to see roadkill in Heaven. Oh, look, somebody hit a deer. No, you're not going to see that in Heaven, right? The, um, um, so, um, let's think about the saints. Last week, I was listening to Al Cresta in the afternoon. I think it was Monday afternoon. He mentioned that last Sunday it was the Feast of Blessed Jersey, and I can't say his last name. It's a long Polish name, and I didn't, I didn't, it didn't stick for some reason. Um, but it's a, it's a man who died, a man who was killed by the communists um, in the ni early 1980s. John Paul II. Uh, John Paul II was newly elected pope in 78. He was from Poland. Father Jerzy, just one man. He was a priest. And in some sense, he was kind of half of a priest. He was kind of, he was kind of short. 
Um, Father Jersey started something that brought about um, the fall of the Berlin Wall. What did he start? Well, you know, the, the communists, they talk big. Um, rights of the workers, this, and rights of the workers, that. How many trade unions in all of the Soviet Union, in the history um, of the Soviet Union up until Father Jersey? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero trade unions. <laughs> uh, rights of the workers, this, rights of the work. Anyway, Father Jersey started praying outside of the shipyards at Gdansk. And he took a picture of the new pope and he put it on the gate. He put, took a picture of John Paul II, put it on the gate behind him, and he started praying. He started attracting um, others with him. There was this guy who was out of work. He was an electrician, um, Lech Wałęsa. He eventually became the president of the first and only um, uh, trade union in the Soviet Union, Solidarity. In, in Polish, Solidarnosc. The, um, and so uh, eventually, the, um, the uh, uh, Legowenza became president of Poland. President of Poland. Uh, the, um, the communists kept uh, beating up Father Jerzy. Jerzy is, is Polish for Jer Jerry. So um, uh, Father Jerzy, they kept uh, taking him and harassing him and beating him up, just like communist thugs always do and um, eventually they got tired of him so they kidnapped him and put him three men kidnapped him and tied him up and put him in a little car in the trunk which is amazing that they all four could fit and it could go right I mean these little cars um, that Europe is famous for well Father Jersey had his hands tied behind his back he was like Harry Houdini he got out of that trunk three times and those, those commies were thinking, how's this happening? Finally, they had enough, and they just beat him to death. After the third time, he got out of the car. So he's, um, he's a blessed, he's, he's blessed Father Jerry. Um, again, he was from Poland, and he was working with John Paul II. Look what happened. Look what one man, he's probably going to be a saint someday. Maybe not. Maybe he'll stay a blessed. Um, there, was a, there was another priest from Poland he died, he was killed, I should say, by the Nazis. Nazis, commies, they're about the same thing, right? The uh, Nazis first invaded Poland, and when they left, the commies took Poland over. Um, in, 19, uh, in 1941, on August 14th, Father Maximilian Kolbe was killed by the Nazis at Auschwitz. Um, he uh, was beatified in 1971 by Pope Paul VI. Last Sunday, Pope Paul VI, he died in 1978. Seven years before he died, he beatified Saint uh, Blessed Maximilian Kolbe. On October 10, 1982, uh, Saint John Paul II canonized uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe. I hope you're taking this down. I mean, there is going to be a test. The... Uh, but you can see all of these dates, um, they fall within my lifetime. Um, they, they fall within my lifetime. They're, they're very recent um, in, in history, if you will. St. Maximilian Kolbe was a Franciscan priest from Poland. He loved the Blessed Mother. And he went around telling people about Jesus and his Blessed Mother, uh, even though his health was rotten. 
How did his health get rotten? He was a Franciscan. Franciscan priest who um, he served the poor. He lived with the poor. You serve the poor. You live with the poor. You're going to ruin your health, right? Well, that's what happened to St. Maximilian Kolbe. Um, but even with rotten health, um, from what I can figure, the furthest he ever got from Poland, he went and started a monastery in a place in Japan you've never heard of. Um, he started a monastery in Nagasaki, Japan, just before World War II started. <laughs> right? The, uh, his monastery was still standing after the bomb, and his uh, monks went into Nagasaki to serve the poor. Right? Well, eventually he was arrested after he had um, printed newspapers um, encouraging the people before the war broke out. Eventually he was arrested and they, they put him in Auschwitz. Well, the, um, uh, one day one of the men who was uh, imprisoned at Auschwitz, um, he escaped. Who would not try to escape from a death camp? I mean, all of us would try. This man tried and he got out. So the Nazis did what they always did. They lined everybody up and they just at random they picked ten men. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. When they chose number ten, um, uh, they were all going to be trotted off and killed. And number ten said, no. He shouted out, no, please. I have a wife. I have several kids. Spare my life. Then a hand went up at the back of the, the crowd and it was uh, Maximilian Colby. Um, the Catholic priest, and he identified himself. I'm a Catholic priest. May I take his place? Isn't that what he did for me and you? Didn't he take my place? Didn't he take your place? Exactly. Um, and so the, when the Nazi commandant heard that a, he could get a Catholic priest instead of this other guy, yeehaw. So um, he got his ten men, and he got a Catholic priest, and it's like, good. So it wasn't the first time they marched ten men off to kill him. And they wouldn't spend any money to kill him. So they, what they did was they took him down to the starvation bunker. Um, it was a, a basement room with no windows, no light, <coughs> excuse me, no toilet. There was a bucket in the dark, right? Good, good luck. The, um, and all these men, these ten men, they were marched in there. Oh, and before they went in, they were stripped of every piece of clothing, and the guards who stood at the door, the two men who stood at the door, they were laughing as these guys were going in because they heard, they'd seen this happen again and again. And everyone in that room was going to cry like a, like a baby uh, before they died. And they just, they just couldn't wait to hear them cry. Please let me out. Please give me food. Please give me water. Right? The, um, well, this time it was different. It was those two guards who wanted to leave. Uh, they couldn't they couldn't bear hearing what was going on inside. St. Maximilian Kolbe led them in prayers, getting everyone ready to die. Um, they sang songs, they sang hymns, they prayed prayers, and the two guards could see that this was very different. And every time uh, each man, one by one, was prepared to die, when they died, the guards came in and took the body out and threw the the body in the ovens at Auschwitz. And then the last one was St. Maximilian Kolbe. Well, how long can you live with nothing to drink and nothing to eat? Right? Not very long. Three weeks went by. Three. 
weeks went by. Well, that's impossible. I think the angel, um, the archangel Gabriel said something that, about that in St. Luke's Gospel. Nothing is impossible with God. Um, so uh, three weeks went by and the Nazis uh, were just so mad. This guy would not die. He would not go away. Uh, just almost as bad as Father Paul. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> anyway, so what did they do? After three weeks went by on August 14th, 1941, they opened the door, brought in a light, took a needle, a syringe, and put carbolic acid into his arm and killed him. Then they took his naked body out and threw him into the ovens at Auschwitz. Um, why do I bring up St. Maximilian Kolbe? I could have brought up St. Joan of Arc. I could have brought up, well, thousands of saints. You've heard me talk about the saints. Uh, Saturday is All Saints Day. Um, you see, St. Maximilian Kolbe did all of that, and while he was doing it, he was praying for the, the commandant who sent him in there. He was praying for those two Nazi guards who were always going to be laughing out there. The same thing you or I would do if we were in the starvation bunker, stripped naked, right? The same thing. No. Um, the, uh, Jesus gives us an impossible commandment. Love God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's impossible. I can't do it. Only with God's grace is it possible. Only with God's grace is it possible. And so um, um, you and I cannot complain. Oh, we can complain, but uh, in the end, when we go before God, we cannot complain that we were not prepared for the coming wrath. Isn't that what St. Paul says in the second reading? That Jesus that God, Jesus was raised from the dead who delivers us from the coming wrath. Remember, remember a couple of weeks ago when I featured Fatima, that Fatima newspaper on the cover of the bulletin? We had that weekend, we had that Sunday, the Gospel of St. Matthew where Jesus tells a parable about a king who... Uh, his son was getting married. It was a wedding feast, a wedding banquet. And he sent out invitations, personally delivered invitations. And those who were invited said, no, I'm not going. I, I just bought some land. I've got some business to attend to. Um, some TV program is on, whatever. They didn't go. And so what did the king do? He said, I've, I've already killed the cattle. I've got the, I've got the barbecue ready. You have to come. They didn't come. So the king sent his servants. He says, go out and get, fill, we want to fill up this whole hall with, um, with guests. We're going to have a wedding feast. You know, the book of Revelation talks about this mass. Um, this is the wedding feast of the king's son. This is the wedding feast of the Lamb of God. That's what the book of Revelation refers to in the last book of the Bible. Well, remember, uh, I, didn't, I didn't preach on it. Two weeks ago, but uh, the kings, he comes into the wedding banquet, the hall of the wedding banquet, and everyone is there. And he sees one guy who does not have on the wedding garment. Everybody else does. He didn't get the memo. And so the king walks up to him and he says, friend, how is it that you got in here without a wedding garment? Do you remember what the man said? Do you remember how he answered the king? That's how he answered. He was silent. 
And what did the king say? He said, tie him up hand and foot, throw him out into the darkness where there'll be wailing and grinding of teeth. Um, Many are invited, few are chosen. And I think that St. Matthew's Gospel then says, have a nice day. Have a nice day. No, I don't think it says that. Right? Doesn't that kind of scare you? It scares me. Um, uh, Many are invited, few are chosen. You see, not only did they have all the food ready, they also had all of the wedding garments ready too. All that guy had to do was put it on. He didn't want to lift a finger and put on the wedding garment. You know, God, God has given us everything. He's greased the skids for us to to make our way into heaven. Um, Not only is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in heaven, giving us every grace and blessing. Our Lady Queen of Saints is there. All the angels and the saints are there. Even the souls in purgatory, um, even the souls in purgatory are praying for us on our way as we pray for them. There was a priest in Dallas who came to live with me in 1994. He had been a priest 50 years, Monsignor Vodic. And um, he had been at Christ the King in Highland Park for 25 years. And uh, the people there treated him with such respect. When he came to Blessed Sacrament, so did I. And I just noticed that he was so depressed. So I started treating him. Well, I just started kidding with him. Um, I called him Monsignor Rodney Dangerfield. You know, I get no respect. I get no respect. And he perked up. Um, I used to ask Monsignor Bodick, uh, Monsignor Bodick, when you die, do you want anybody to pray for you? He always said, sure. Oh, Monsignor Bodick, he's so holy. When he dies, I bet he goes straight to heaven. That's not what Monsignor Bodick said. He said, when I die, I want people to pray for me. Um, the um, um, so um, when when I would um, when I would joke with Monsignor, he would say, "Oh, you make me suffer so much," and I said, "Yeah, I'm helping you get to heaven." He said, "You're right," and I said, "And Monsignor, you know what's going to happen when you get to heaven? When you get to heaven, uh, so you're getting this back this back information, right? This back uh, behind the scenes information. What priests actually talk about, right? The." Uh, <laughs> It's your turn. You go say mass. No, it's your turn. The, uh, I said, when you get to heaven, you get to heaven, you're going to adore God for all eternity. That's right, he said. I said, and you're also, you have, to, you have to pray for everyone who helped get you to heaven. He said, that's right. So you're going to be praying for me when you're in heaven. And he always said the same thing. Arrgh. So we got, the, we got the poor souls in purgatory praying for us. We got the seven sacraments. So I breathe in and I breathe out and I don't have my wedding garment. And he says, friend, how, how is it that you came into this wedding banquet without your wedding garment? What can I say? The dog ate my homework? No, there is no answer. Friends, these are impossible commandments. For me, I don't care how dedicated you are. I don't care how strong-willed you are. You can't do this on your own. You have to have God's grace. Oh, yeah. Um, um, People complain, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Do you go to church every week? No. No wonder. No wonder. Let's see. I'm going to miss the wedding banquet every week, and I'm going to grow stronger by missing the wedding banquet every week. 
doesn't make sense, does it? You know why it doesn't make sense? Because it doesn't make sense. Friends, we can't, I can't make myself strong, neither can you. God's grace is a gift freely given. And when we, we have all of these things going for us, and then we breathe our last, and we're not clothed with our wedding garment, somehow it's his fault. Somehow it's his fault. That's ridiculous. Um, now, St. Paul says it uh, there at the end of the second reading, Jesus, who God raised from the dead, who delivers us from the coming wrath. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.